0: Podcast, where we will discuss the good, the bad, and the crap of workplaces today. I'm your host, Katrina Gazarian, and today I have two special guests with me, Elisa Moran and Erica Morrison. Say hello, ladies. Hello. Hello. Yes. Well, let's be honest. CEOs are kind of lost, and not, not because they like don't want things to be better. They do want things to be better, but I just feel like they don't even know where to start. They're, they don't even know what to say. They don't even know what to do. They don't, they don't really even know so, how to manage, you know, some of their teams and they're just at a loss. They read all these books and they still don't really know what to do. And so I wanted to ask you, how do you think we arrived at this employee demand market over the last 10 years?
1: people are you know requesting different things for their life I was just reading an article the other day that talks about women having kids a lot later and being more career focused and more career oriented and with that comes a totally different package so we're looking for different things employees are requesting different things they want to travel they want more paid time off things like that benefits look different
2: than they used to as times change Yeah, yeah. I definitely think those are some good verticals. I do think that in the last 10 years, like let's go all the way back to 10 years ago, right? Mm -hmm. We had, we're coming out of this new great recession. Um, Foreclosures on homes were so high. The unemployment rate was still high. Um, Federal workers had been on a pay freeze for two years. So we are coming out of that, which is not necessarily the best economic rich baseline. So over the last 10 years, I think there's been like three huge things that had happened. And I kind of jotted them down. You had the on-demand economy, which is like the rise of digital marketing and technology, which are really bringing consumers immediate goods and products. So you have the Uber Eats and the DoorDashes and Amazon Prime and all of those really quick to the market tech-driven platforms, and that requires more employment. You have the gig economy, right? So now you have contractors, 1099s, it's anybody sitting in their living room that's good at anything that can work and freelance for themselves. And mm-hmm. that saves businesses money. So you know, why would we not go in that direction? Plus the platforms of consulting, you know, places where you can find employment. You have the mom project, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. You have um, work remote and a thousand mm-hmm. others. And then the last thing, which I think is, it's always been really big, but super big now, is the expansion of small businesses and kind of the boom of startups. According to Fortunately, I looked at this really cool, these statistics. Um, and in San Francisco and in Silicon Valley, um, those startups make up 13.5% of global startups, so I thought that was really awesome. So that speaks to the American marketplace. And the second one, which I thought was cool too, is that American small businesses in 2019 employed 59.6 million people, and that accounts for half of the private work sector. So there's been a lot of things in the last 10 years that have boomed that I think have really made the demand for employees and more workers really prevalent.
1: For sure. Really quick. When she's talking about like the now, have you guys seen the Ronnie Ronnie Chang uh, special on Netflix?
0: No, I heard so good
1: though. Oh my gosh, it's funny. Just because I thought of that when you're talking about it, but he's talking about how he's talking about America. But it's it can be <laughs> tr- said if if of our everything is now, right? So everything is like on demand, and we're so used to things at our fingertips, and so he's talking about. Um, and it, it, he's calling it Prime now, so he's saying that he wants like to close his <laughs> eyes and order something, and it's like right at his doorstep. But it's so funny, you have to watch it. But but it's true. With all of that comes more more jobs and more demand and more opportunities. Um, and so I was just thinking of that when you're when you're talking about things like at our fingertips and how we're getting. We're, mm-hmm. Thing, we want things sooner like he, he's saying that he wants to even think about it and it's at his door
2: <laughs> and there we have it we're like hey we might against. get
1: there right <laughs> he's like I want you to chew
2: chew the
0: food for
1: me and put it in
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I could I, nice. I wish I could find someone to exercise for me thank you and get the benefits of it myself. <laughs> Totally. Maybe virtual reality will get to that point. Listen. We'll just put on goggles and it'll just be exercising in VR, and, we step into and I'll feel so much better, you know.
1: Yeah, and we step into something that like takes the fat away in the meantime <laughs> while we're watching somebody exercise.
0: <laughs> it's like on what's the movie with um with Amy Schumer is it, um I feel pretty. I feel pretty. Oh, yeah. And how she really thought she, you know, she thinks she's like this model and all these yeah. people are treating her so well. I feel like that's that's like our next level of a virtual yeah. reality where we just have to put the goggles on. And even though we're going to look the same, we're going to feel like we lost our <laughs> Hey, <laughs> How horrible <that's> is that?
2: <laughs> I feel like you're hiding behind a mask. Yeah. <laughs> this so is the crazy. real me. <laughs>
0: Um I'm going to jump ahead just because we're on that topic to um I don't know if you ladies heard of the article that's trending about Taco Bell um doing a test on paying their restaurant managers up to $100,000 annually. Number one, how how legit do you think that is? Um I'll
1: go first. So, I <laughs> yeah, I totally read it. <laughs> um I think it's pretty legit. I mean, I Personally, I'm, I'm really in line with the customer focus, but also your employees. I mean, in HR, right, we're all about how employees are feeling at work. And sometimes the hardest working employees, the quiet employees that don't make a fuss, that are there, that are doing their job diligently are the ones that are overlooked. And so I feel like um, rewarding them at, at this high rate, um, I think it said 50,000, right? was the initial.
0: It was like 50. Yeah. 50 to
1: to Mm 80. Yeah. Um, that job, I mean, it's, it seems extremely difficult and, um, I, I don't know why it wouldn't be the, the rate of pay wouldn't be higher than that. I mean, I was shocked myself when the manager was just 50 K. And so, yeah, so I think it, I mean, if, if it's legit, I think totally it's, it's worth it. I think um, those employees are should be rewarded for their hard work and that's where it starts and that's how the culture is, starts um, being appreciative. Employees just want to feel good at work and feel seen and feel heard and feel appreciated.
2: Yeah, you, Erica? I'm, t- I'm totally going to chime my Taco Bell, but before I get there, I'd love to talk about in and out because there's okay. this mm-hmm. big hoop about Taco Bell and in 2018, on average, In-N-Out was paying their managers $160,000. So it's Mm -hmm. not the first to be done, but definitely in the marketplace where Taco Bell is and the people that rub shoulders with them, it's like revolutionary. But I think it's like, to Elise's point, I think it's incredibly important. Mm -hmm. I am the biggest fan of Taco Bell. So to all my corporate Taco Bell people out there in Irvine, (laughs) I see you.
0: (laughs) They are in Irvine. (laughs) They are. And I
2: do, I do think this, Leadership is so essential, and it is one of the most important things to the heartbeat of your organization. I think for a lot of employees, the way your manager is the way that you internalize a business model and the brand, right? If I have a manager that gives two cents about me, then I'm going to start projecting that onto my experience at the business. Mm -hmm. And so I think it is, I think it's amazing. It speaks to the importance that a manager holds for team morale, store retention, recruitment, the effectiveness of a team. Um, and really what it really does is it builds a trajectory for career success at Taco Bell. So Taco Bell, here's to you. Hopefully you get a lot of people that retire at Taco Bell. And hopefully I can always drive through the drive through <laughs> and be greeted by friendly people and get my cheese and chicken quesadilla and my beefy <laughs> five layer bean burrito. And I'm going to be happy forever. So Taco Bell, you continue to pay your managers what they're worth. And I hope that you uh, retrieve a lot success from
1: that all right and I think if I can just add on that I think it's, it starts from the top down right so mm-hmm. you're so if your managers are are feeling good and feeling appreciative I was reading this article the other day that was talking about um a disgruntled employee so he's disgruntled not at Taco Bell somewhere mm-hmm. else um he he was like he was he was unhappy with the company and so anybody new that came in he was like bringing them in and talking about how um how he was unhappy and the management doesn't care about us and this and that, right? <laughs> well, come to find out after digging, the HR person was digging, 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 saying, what happened with this employee? On his first day, his manager didn't connect with him. He didn't talk to him. He didn't say hello. He didn't ask him about his life. He, he just was busy <clears throat> that day and didn't, and maybe may unhappy himself, who knows, but didn't take the time to connect with him. And it was just a trickle down effect that not only affected his morale, but it affected other employees' morale because he now had this notion that the manager didn't care about him. So if you start from Mm -hmm. the top down and your managers feel appreciated, they feel um, supported, they feel um, deserving, then they're gonna take the time to reach out to their employees and make them feel the same way and then below them and then below them and it starts that way down. So I thought that was so interesting how one small act Can have a trickle effect on um the the culture and the morale and just the overall feeling of the company do do they
2: care about us or not you know i have to add really quickly too um to it starts at the top i think you know it's all about lines of communication but i also think you know you have to give hats off to hr I think at Taco Bell, who who is pushing the initiative is, I think it's like the global head of HR and international recruiting. So they're raising their voice and saying, listen, here's where the problem may be. Let's try and fix it. And so, you know, HR, we get a lot of slack (laughs) and training can be a thing. But I do think that um, if this is successful, listen, even if it's not successful, you are believing in people and the future and their growth within your organization. So I think it's, I think it's cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, we can have a whole episode on terrible organization of companies and their onboarding and orientation. I mean, wow. (laughs) I'm going to be like, I myself like start had, you know, started a job and had no place to sit. Like none of the paperwork was done. I was waiting out in a lobby. Mm. I mean, even then, I mean, luckily I'm a, (laughs) You know, I'm just, I don't really, I guess at the time wasn't really paying attention to that. I was just like, awesome. I'm going to get paid to sit in this lobby. Um, (laughs) But, but I mean, I can definitely understand the type of first impression you give an employee when you're not prepared for their first day in general. That will be a whole nother episode though. I'm sure, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to be honest with you ladies. I tried to find a job post on Indeed. For Taco Bell at with the hundred K salary and I couldn't find it. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was thinking, is this legit or is this like taking way taken way out of context somehow? I see. And and you know, they created this headline for it.
2: I know they said it was up to a hundred. So, you know, there might be, you know, HR, there might be a swing. I know that in order to look for Taco Bell jobs, because Taco Bell <laughs> <I've> looked before. <laughs> You have to go to their website and then they break it down between retail and corporate. And then I think, you know, just like any interview process, the salary comes along with it. But I'm saying if they put it out there, 100k, I'm sure you get a lot
0: of traction. So, Please okay. pause for the Taco Bell commercial coming up next.
2: <laughs> I mean, that, girl, that. I might as well
0: get paid for this, for all this what Taco Bell promotion.
2: The, the, what happened to the Chihuahua? The Yo Quero Taco Bell? Maybe that was the 90s.
0: <laughs> but I'm just saying. You know, went after them.
2: <laughs> every time I see a Chihuahua, I'm like, hey, buddy.
0: I know. I'll see you. What me too. To me him. too.
2: Me too. Little Chihuahua, I want Taco Bell. <laughs> Listen, I'm just thinking that Taco Bell should team up with a pet shelter that primarily has chihuahuas. The press mm-hmm. would be amazing for them.
0: Oh my gosh. And they would all have like different accents, like not just... Not <laughs> Jamaican. Just Spanish accent. Yeah. <laughs> and you can they would dress them up ones. as puppy tacos. <laughs> that is how you make a global brand, Taco Bell. <laughs> oh my um, gosh.
2: You can hire all three of us to help. <laughs> just so, saying
0: so at what point i mean okay so now we're at 100k salary for a general manager of a of a fast food like concept or restaurant when does it end i I mean just you know what i mean when do we when do we put the you know put a stop and say you know is this going to be enough is money the only thing That are going to, you know, get people to apply or not just apply, but even stay in the position and work hard in the position.
1: Well, I, yeah, no, it's a good question. I always, um, talk about this as I onboard employees or recruit or whatever. Um, I have been in a position before where I wasn't paid the best and I wasn't necessarily happy with the organization. Um, and I stayed in this position for years. Well, with this company, different positions, but with this company. And the reason was um, kind of back to my same point, which I'm going to sound like a broken record, but it was um, it was the leadership. And so I always use this example of, of a testament to what good leadership will do because they kept me in a, in a place that I wasn't necessarily happy with the pay, um, with the growth, Um, you know, other things that are really important. I was really upset with those things. I wasn't happy with the culture of the company. I wasn't appreciated, but in, in outside of my bubble, but in my bubble with my team and with my manager and my director, which is directly above, um, I felt so supported. I felt like, I I mean, we were like a family and I love them. So yes, the, the, the pay is important. The perks are important. Um, the growth is important. The per- personal and professional development is so important. Um, but I always give this example of the testament to a true manager, because this person and th- these two people, um, they made they made it a home for me that was right for me at that right time because they believed in me and they supported me. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so I think that it's a combination. It's it's I mean. Not gonna lie, we'll just, had I been paid more, yes, I would have stayed longer. Um, that was a huge part, right? I'm a single mom and at some point it just had to give. But at the same time, when I was going to school full time and working full time and I had a little girl and I could bring her to work with me, um, I could leave to go pick her up from school. I was five minutes from school. I had somebody that cared and understood like my life and really cared about me. That was what was important to me at that time.
2: Yeah. Got it. Got it. To Elisa's point, I definitely think it's about the entire package that you offer people, right? Mm-hmm. And who knows, maybe it's not the salary at Taco Bell managers, maybe it's the retention. And if you step into any Taco Bell or any fast food or quick service chain, it sometimes can be chaotic, right? Mm-hmm. And so even if the people are good to some extent, you have to think, can I do this forever, what is this company giving back to me to make this all worthwhile? And from that respect, whether it's from compensation, whether it's culture, your team, or, you know, being able to voice your concerns to management and actually have actionable solutions proceed from that, I think that you won't see change or you won't see people that are happy unless you take a step back and think, okay, how can we continue to renovate? And to your point, Katrina, when does it end? <clears throat> I don't know. Does it have to ever end? I mean, as you know, what's 20 years from now, what will a manager be making? Let's say this: hundred K spreads and all managers are making that. Then you have this, I can easily leave this to go here. I'd be making mm-hmm. the same money. So now it's not necessarily about the compensation. It becomes about everything else. All the other benefits that are mm-hmm. attached to the culture of your business too.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess what I'm saying is you know, we're seeing um, like the increases in minimum wage, right? Mm. Most, a lot of the major metropolitan areas are at $15 an hour or more, but our poverty, you know, the the percentage of people still living in poverty hasn't gotten better. Mm. And so I guess I'm thinking like, when does it stop in the sense of, there's got, there's like a lot of other issues in our, you know, government, for example, that needs to be addressed. Like, like, why is rent so high? And all, you know, and everywhere, like, everything is just, so I guess my point is with even the the 100k, that's going to be, that's going to be great for, 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 you know, the people involved in that situation. But with that 100k, a lot of other Employees' salaries are going to have to increase. Yeah. Which leads to an increase in pricing for Taco Bell. So mm-hmm. so your $2.99, you know, chicken and cheese quesadilla yeah, sure. just goes up to $4.99. I would pay $4.99 ques- Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> i pay $6.99. I
2: pay $10 if the service was great. <laughs> I draw the
0: line. I draw the line. I get I draw I uh uh-uh. uh But it is so bomb um,
1: and part of part of the appeal is the the low prices the bean burrito for $1 is a staple since Thank I've you. been in high school. <laughs> I mean, I love the bean burrito for Go $1, to. but I think that Thank part you. of it you're totally right. Part of the raise um, if there was a hesitation or if there if, if it's not legit is that that you have to rate. you're going to have to raise everybody. I mean, it's yeah. not, otherwise you can't have this huge gap and so that's going to be a whole entire shift and that might be you know that might be something that they do or don't want to do, or hesitation, or it it might change the entire, the entire effect, like you said, the prices, the everything.
0: No, I, I completely agree, and that's, that's, I guess that's what one of my concerns was, is like, okay, great, you raise, you know, one person in the store to 100k, but, you know, now you have this huge wealth gap between now a general manager and your entry level, let's just say crew members who, who are getting yeah. paid minimum wage. And so, and I, I per, you know, from a full philosophical standpoint, right, I, I have a problem with that. I, mm-hmm. I feel, I believe in like step ladder type pay ranges, yeah. you know, where there's not much of a huge difference in range with, you know, between 25 to 30%, I would say from, from position to position in terms of hierarchy maybe at the C-suite or like mm-hmm. the the VP or director levels, you'll see like a 40%, you know, range width, but I just don't believe in there being more than that in terms of crew member to supervisor, you know, to assistant, yeah. uh, to general manager and mm-hmm. so on. So I guess that's kind of, that was a concern of mine when I first, you know, heard about them doing 100K for the general manager. Yeah,
1: yeah and hopefully, um, I mean, I th- I'd like to believe that if they're in that mindset, that they're that they're hopefully thinking about the, the whole package and and the larger group. And totally, I am I'm, I'm with you 100. Um, I'm not about that huge gap. And let's just pay our executives and our managers and forget everybody everybody else. You know, I, and I, I think that um they would ho- they would hopefully think about the full package and just um where does that even where does everybody else fall there? And um you know not just up here?
2: I think, again, everything should always be fair. You know, salary banding, what the, what the marketplace is paying nationally, geographically to your location. But then I also see this again, nobody wants there to be huge wage gaps mm-hmm. in any organization because you can't justify that. Mm-hmm. But I also, and I don't think we've talked about this, but I also mm-hmm. like this, which should be connected to this compensation conversation as well, which is tuition reimbursement. You have a lot of places right now that are like, listen, you're coming on to an entry-level position, but we want to help you get through school. I think that's something to be commendable because- Or pay student, your loans. Thank, Because student loans will follow you to your grave. Okay. And then in your grave, it will go to your children. Their it's children's like, a, children's like children.
1: a black cloud. Thank
2: you. Fannie Mae, Sally Mae, all those girls out there to come and get you. So, your children, um, your grandchildren. I think when organizations say, listen- Obviously, the executive has a lot on their shoulders, you know, with um, career involvement comes a lot of responsibility, right? And so I can understand, obviously, the financial, you know, the range there. But then I think for people that are coming fresh saying, listen, I don't know what I want to do, but I'm here. I think there's a conversation there about, you know, the benefits, about your education, about other things that can also help you grow and um, sometimes are worth their weight in gold as well yeah agreed
0: agreed um moving on has culture become an overly complicated issue for companies today i mean every i mean i had to get off linkedin for a while because every single person adding me was like their headline was you know culture enthusiasts and they wrote some book about it and they you know you've been reading my LinkedIn? I'm just, about I it i mean no i know i'm over here like you're actually like in HR, Listener. but I'm talking about like the people who, you know, essentially make a living off of just writing this book. I, I had a call with, um, a gentleman who through LinkedIn and I asked him like, so like, what do you do? <laughs> and, uh, he was like, yeah, I go to companies and, you know, I, I, and I speak to them about culture and the importance. And I was like, okay, great. Then what do you do? And he was like, um, yeah, I don't, like, I I don't, (laughs) yeah, I was like, okay, so really you don't do anything. You go, you get everybody hyped up and then you take off. He's like, well, sometimes I refer them to, you know, uh, it's like a employee engagement app that the company can like use to measure how engaged their employees are. And I was just like, wow. I mean, you get paid to do that, which is great. However, you're not really solving the problem of, you know, wh- why companies are struggling with culture. And so, what do you ladies think? Do you feel like <clears throat> has it just become this overly complicated, complex issue? Hmm. Um,
2: yes and no. I think. I mean. It, I feel like some companies get wrapped up into the semantics, right? If you have, if you are concerned with flashy office decor, but have lame benefits, then your culture is going to be lame too. (laughs) But I also think that, um, I think there's tears, right? I listen to an inspirational podcast. It doesn't mean that it's necessarily going to inspire me
0: Mm -hmm. permanently,
2: but I keep on coming back to the well, right? It's people that read, um, that, I mean, write weight loss books and books on keto and X and Y, I'll still pick them up, which
0: am I doing it? it?
2: (laughs) No, no, I got, I know. So I think it all goes back to saying, you know, what are the important things in your culture? What are the foundational things that your culture is being built off of? Great companies that have great cultures, they have good foundations and they have core values and they make tweaks along the way to be competitive, but they don't every year start from scratch. We're going to do this and we're going to be this and this is how we treat people and everything can't change. And I think that synergy with consistency is what's really important. And, and to people that, you know, they travel around and they advise people about culture, I think there's something, there's something special about that. And I definitely think that the responsibility sometimes is to listen and to receive, but then as as leadership in any company, it is then your responsibility to figure out how to execute. So I think there's um, there's responsibility on both parts. I mean, who wouldn't in HR, well, I could mention a few, but who wouldn't (laughs) wanna go around and talk about culture and how important it is and what you can do and how to breathe life into your organization. That's like a dream job. So again, um, you don't, I mean, there's a, you could do a whole podcast on this. You could but at the end of the day, I think that, uh, don't make it overly complicated.
0: Well, yeah, well, that's the, th- yeah. that's the thing is, is there's just so many articles and so many books about culture, 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 and, and they all, they all have, you know, I do find like there are some gems in some of them, but for the most part, I feel I feel like they talk about how important culture is, but they don't really tell you how, like, where, like step one, yeah. show up on time to your meetings that you scheduled with your employees. Mm-hmm. Step two, <laughs> well, get be your work done also. And so yeah, I just every- feel like when I say it's overly complicated, I feel like it's just taboo all of a sudden, you know, mm-hmm. I read, I read an article and I, you know, I I find myself to be okay in terms of being able to read and understand things. And I read this article and I'm all for being a wordsmith. Don't get me wrong. Mm. But I understood nothing this guy was saying (laughs) about culture. I was like, what are you talking about? This isn't even, this is hard. Like the way they they word it and they've come up with all of these, you know, fancy terminology. Like (laughs) it's just, it's too complicated. I mean, uh, you literally... Which brings me to my, our final discussion point. Simplify culture in just five principles for companies that are listening to this. And, and I will say number one, what, really quick though, yes or no ladies, quick yes or no. Are CEOs and C-suites to blame for their toxic or unproductive culture? Yes or no? Yes. <sighs> Uh, (laughs) I agree. Yes, I also, I I do. And so I feel like step number one, CEO, just be a good person.
2: (laughs) Don't do weird things to people. Yeah, I, I, I will say this. And I've advised this before to executives that advise my personal business, which is it's lonely at the top. And when you have a dream to start a business, there's a lot of ambition and excitement around that. But you find out really quickly that it's hard. It's hard to run a business, no matter what country you're in, no matter where you are, it is difficult. But it is also your responsibility to draw the ethical line, to make sure that if there is any... Um, conflict in your business, that you rectify it, that you remove people that are toxic. So there, at at the end of the day, the responsibility does come back on you. And sometimes it's unfortunate, but that is what you pick up when you become a CEO or you start your own business.
1: And one of the biggest things that I've learned is, is even simply just from recruiting, I I'm not one that is um, a favorite of the term um, culture fit because it's the same, Agreed. then it's the same people. You're bringing yeah. in the same people, but I love the culture ad. So you're constantly, your culture is evolving and you don't have an, a stale culture that's just the same because then that's when it starts to um, get over or you're constantly trying to revamp or you're constantly trying to fix. But if you're constantly adding to your culture with these new employees that, one, can they do the job, right? That's what we care about. We don't care about what they look like, what age they are, what you know, any background information. We care about, can they do the job? But two, what are they adding to our culture that we haven't had before, you We're know? Lacking. And so, mm-hmm. so that's the simplest start is in recruiting and just learning to add to your culture instead of fitting into what you think is right. Right. So that's something that I, I've learned to be a great addition just to culture culture as a term in general.
0: No, for sure. And and I mean, I read I was reading this article. Well, actually a friend of mine sent it to me about hiring a narcissist. Mm. And automatically we're like, no, like you know, you can't hire a narcissist. And I read it and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's me. I'm a narcissist. <laughs> <laughs> and oh. so, and so, but you know, it goes, in, it goes into saying that if you hire people who are just so accommodating all the time, mm-hmm. they're not really going to push you, you know, or, or to see things in a different way, or they're not going to, um, they're going to wait for you to tell them what to do, or they're going to be, you know, um, afraid to speak up or I don't, it, it, I'll, I'll share it with you ladies after this, but it. I really never thought about it that way, that narcissists do tend to get their jobs done because they're so, they want that you know, uh, appreciation and they want to they wanna say they got it done and they want to brag about it, but the fact of the matter is they get it done. Now, if well, you could it's... just, if you could, you know, either in terms of their personal and social skills, you either got to throw them in the basement or, or <laughs> you know, you're gonna, or you put them through some, you know, management training or create some kind of buffer between them and maybe the rest of the team. And I think it's about,
1: I mean, you have different groups of people, you have um, executors, you have ideators, you have thinkers, you have feelers. So your company needs a combination to survive. We did this, um, at at one time that this company I was with, we did this activity where everybody went to their corner of where they are. Right. And so guess who was the only one in the feeler section? You you are. (laughs) It was me. It was me, but the instructor, (laughs) the instructor is like, this makes sense. You know, that our HR person is the feeler. And she said, you know, recruiters shy away from, the feelers but they don't realize how important these people are in the company because we're the ones that connect and we empathize and we you know we we, we pour back into the employees and they're we're the people that care and mm-hmm. show actively and things like that so so it was it was you know you can't have all ideators and no executors you know you can't have all visionaries and nobody that's actually doing the work so you have to have the balance and you need the you, you need the thinkers to um you know, data and analytics and pull all of that. So it's really about finding the balance in, within your organization. And you can't be, you can't have one without the other. Everybody. Really important.
2: I think emotional intelligence is something that every leadership circle should have because that helps you to break down the demographic of the people that sit in the best roles but I also have a client who has a wedding company overseas and I we kind of like broke down the, her recruiting strategies and I tell her it's like finding your wedding dress if you're a woman right mm-hmm. Sometimes you have in your mind what you think you want, what might look good on someone else, what you think might look good on you. And then going through the process, you find out that it's actually the thing that you least expected is Mm. the dress that is the one. And sometimes that's the same way with recruiting. Sometimes you're looking for an ex-candidate and you realize through the process that you actually found a gem where you least expected it. So
0: but you need a process, is the point. I <laughs> need a process,
2: because then you're just out there pointing at people, talking to people for no reason.
0: So, ladies, you you're, you met a CEO t- tomorrow, okay? And the CEO comes, without knowing too much about their business, they come to you and they say, my culture is shit at my company. What are, <laughs> the, fir- what are the first five things you're going to tell them that they can immediately do right away? <laughs>
2: Let me think about what's appropriate. For that. Share. No,
0: don't. No, co- come first to mind. You got to let it out. Like be real. Well, that's, that's the problem is they need realness. First
2: question is, how are you as the CEO doing? Because sometimes your problems, your baggage, the things that you are hung up on, you will project that onto your people. And that's the start of where your culture is really birthed. So that would be the first thing that comes to mind. Like, mm-hmm what are you doing to rectify your own problems? But I think I have a good five and I just wrote them down really quickly and a little bonus one because I have so much trouble just staying to an exact number. But first one I think is a solid foundation, your mission, your vision, your values. It's the story of your organization and everything should be birthed from that. And as like a pro tip, don't be afraid to rebrand. I've worked with companies that are like, we've had the same slogan for 20 years. I'm like, that's great. But in 1970, it's a lot different than what's happening now. So don't be afraid to set your marketing team down, to consult the marketing team, to do focus groups, whatever you need to, to really get to a brand that you believe in, and your current team that's strong. So first one, solid foundation. Second one, strong recruiting practices and recruiters. You have to make sure there's some type of merit to make sure that you're bringing in these eclectic, wonderful people that your business needs and make sure you have savvy recruiters. Don't bring in someone that's just trying to make the commission or go through it as quickly as possible. You're looking for like extended family members out there in the world. So be really careful about the recruiters that you bring into to, to own your recruiting process. The third thing would be clearly outline performance performance metrics, there's been a lot of buzz about, do you kill annual reviews? Do you keep them? Whatever the case may be, it's really important for this. On an employee's first day, they need to know what their job description is. How am I measuring your performance? Am I having weekly one-on-ones with my manager? What are my short-term and long-term goals? And as an extra pro tip, do not have a review without also talking about your compensation. There is nothing that's more frustrating to employees. And I've seen it when they go in, they've done all the work to think and talk about all the work that they've done in the past year. And you're not going to also have that conversation about compensation too. Don't have your reviews until you can make that a part of it as well. Break them into chunks, do a department by department, whatever you need to do. Mm -hmm. So that would be my third thing. Clearly outline performance metrics last year. So training and development. Mm -hmm. People need to understand the trajectory for growth and you need to actually pour back into your employees. It only benefits them, their experience within your brand. And then also um, it betters your business. The new things they learn, they pour right back in and then company benefits and perks. What's happening with your medical benefits? Are you contributing ancillary benefits, your EAP program, 401k, any retirement program, your vacation, work from home? Do you have snacks and things for people to eat when they get hungry and thirsty and they can't leave because they're working so much? What about company events? Are you doing any charity work? What's the atmosphere that people are working in? Those things matter nowadays. You have people that are working on the beach, living their best Mm -hmm. life and doing their best work. And then my last one as a bonus would be clear channels of communication. People need to know what's going on in your business and be relatively transparent. You don't have to say, here's all of our finances because that's like a no-no. But I think as a CEO, trust your executive team allow mm-hmm. them to communicate what they need to communicate down to managers, let your employees rise and tell you what the concerns are, do things about them. So I would probably say those would be my, I had to pick my five core things.
0: Awesome. So, good. so, You're getting a clear view
1: at like, this is why I love Erica so much. She like, mm. she, she like gives like these like elaborate, beautiful answers. And I'm like I know mine is like, don't be a dick bam 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 so this is us this is totally like my partner in crime
2: don't treat your employees bad no
1: everybody can see this clear view of us and i
0: I love it. don't post on social media to leave your corporate life behind
1: (laughs) no i love it um okay so yeah so here, here are my simplified. Here, are Elisa, simplified. You go, girl. You hit them brispool. with the simplified. I <laughs> like simple. I like simple. Yeah. No. Okay. So the first one um, is is what, the biggest thing what I say is um, how employees feel at work. Um, I, I, honest to God, I can't, I can't say this enough. You, people want to come to work and feel good, period. They want to feel good um, with who they're working with, who they're working for, um, ties into the mission and vision. What, what are the goals of the company? Where are we going? But ultimately, you know, you don't want to come to work and feel micromanaged. You don't want to come to work and feel, um, like, God, I, you know, I'm going to put my headphones on all day because I don't want this person to talk to me. Um, I wish I didn't sit here. I wish I didn't, you know, I hate my job. I hate these clients. Like all of that is just, it's, it's the very beginning of, um, of, of just that bad vibes and those bad feelings and you wake up and you're dreading it. And you know, we've we've all been been there. Yeah. We've all been in that place. And so my, my number one thing is always like, how do you feel when you come to work? How, and, Mm -hmm. and for that, for that CEO that you said, um, what would you ask him? And it's how, and I think that's part of her. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Um, or they,
2: or them to work
1: you know, how do they feel? Do they feel good? Do they feel like shit? Like, how do they feel? Um, I put recruiters too. So girl, we on the same page. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really important who is bringing in the people because they protect what you already have one, but also are looking for that ad. And if you don't have that person that is looking for that culture ad, you're going to have just the same issues. So um, next I put, um, along with benefits and perks, I put obviously equal and relevant pay. This is obviously one of the hugest things. Um, and it, in the marketplace, um, right now it, it is a good market for for work, right? So you have to stay competitive, but also equal across the board. There's nothing worse than when what somebody comes to you and says, well, I know what so-and-so get paid and we do the same exact job. And why is it like this? I mean, all of that. Has to be eliminated completely, and it, and it's not always easy, right? And you have to do a fair banding, um, but that's a huge thing because that will bring the culture and the morale down quickly. Um, I put um, KPIs too. I put KPIs and um, growth opportunities. So I'm I'm a huge believer that if people don't clearly know their job and their expectations, that is just a recipe for disaster. They're just going to kind of Start off on the wrong foot. If you cannot get aligned with your manager and know your expectations clearly, um, you're going to be doing one thing. They're thinking you're doing this. I mean, it's just bad from the start. So clear KPIs, clear expectations. It's a huge one. Um, and then trust and transparency. It kind of goes back to the same one. Is um, it's about um, having that trust. Once you bring people in because you believe that they do it. Once they're they're at your door, they're in your company. You they you need to give them that trust and let go so they can do their job. You cannot micromanage people and hold them along the way that those are the things that will really make people feel like, why am I here? You know, what's going, I might as well not even be here. If you're going to do X, Y, Z, if you're going to ask me every single thing, if you're going to babysit. So those are, those are my top five, um, with benefits and perks, like Erica said, there are so many things now that I know are different than used to be. I mean, you have um, work from home, you have um, traveling, you have unlimited PTO at places, benefits and things like that. But that, that's, that's what it is today. And so it's like if you, companies care so much about the clients, but really your retention rate is what's going to drive you too. And, and it costs mm. so much more to hire and recruit and mm. all of these things than if you were to just pour into your company and your employees in the first
0: place. Agreed. And I love that you both had, you know, holistic views of the, the entire culture and the company. Um, and, and your descriptions are very detailed. It was like super short, by the way. We like short. I was like, when, when you, when Erica was talking, I was like writing words that I'm like, well, I'm going to have to Google that later. (laughs) i'm telling you this is our life where she said said
1: something, and it just sounds like i just get lost in the word (laughs) and then i don't even know what i was gonna say and my answer is like crackers or whatever it's gonna be oh oh, yeah
0: because it's erica it's probably good so i'm just gonna say yeah you know you're right girl you're right that was good (laughs) you know what but there's there's something to be said there and
2: this would be like my last like comment would be this is know your worth, right? There's a lot to be said about confidence sometimes, and I guarantee that both of you have done this and a lot of people that are in HR and really every human being in the world. Sometimes you have no idea what to do, you don't know the answer, you're over there just feeling naked. But you know what, if you open your mouth and you feel and sound confident about something, normally people are like, you know what? That sounds just about
0: right. Oh my gosh. That was like my whole philosophy when I was officiating basketball. Mm. That was like, I, w- I was my like, that's not- parenting philosophy.
1: Does it feel right? <laughs> that's my parenting philosophy. I don't know what I'm doing, but I just go
2: along with it. Hey, every parent in America.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. As long as it sounds good. And refing, like sometimes I would miss Like who, like what the ball went out on, like what team? And I was just like, "Mm hmm, (laughs) If you're uh, watching this and Katrina
2: ref your game. (laughs) Call (laughs) 555. I've
1: been wrong. (laughs) You may be eligible.
0: (laughs) I, I, you know what? I was in, I was in that like transition of contacts and glasses and so I was trying new contacts Struggle. and I could not see. It.
1: <laughs> but it's true because if you were if you were like second guessing yourself, that's when you'll oh. get eaten
0: alive. Oh, for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. Same with you parenting. That's not exactly. bad. You can't
1: let these kids know. You can't let these kids know. <laughs> no.
2: Or your significant others. Sometimes you just got to hit them with because <laughs> I said so. Or this is the way it is. My husband, just, if you are watching.
0: So so my you know five immediate without going through because you know what you ladies were saying there's a process to all of that right there's analysis and then there's or you know strategy and then deploying and then iterating so my immediate five things for any executive like listening and wants to say My culture sucks at my company. My employees aren't productive. Our turnover is too high. These would be like the five things I would say. Number one, I would say do the right thing all the time. Mm. Like when in doubt money don't work, like just do the right thing, whether it's for a customer or for an employee, just do the right thing. Don't even second guess it. Number two, provide constant feedback and receive constant feedback from your team. Number three, show up on time and be present. Mm. If you are requiring your employees, department managers what, to, to have this meeting, you better not be on your phone. That is by far my biggest pet peeve. That's a good one, mm, it is. Number four, do what you say. If you say performance reviews are coming, you better do them. If you say a climate survey is coming because you want to find out what employees think and you want to do better, you better do it. And follow up on that. Just do it. I mean, don't don't say things and not have any action. What kind of culture would you think you're going to create? You're going to create a culture of people who say things and don't get it done. Monologue. (laughs) Exactly. Number five, I really like this term holding the line. Mm-hmm. And so I I am a firm believer that managers, directors, whatever your title is, if you are any kind of employee or manager, supervisor that has a direct report, even just one, I believe that you set the pace for your employees. So if, if you're constantly late, if you're constantly distracted, if you are constantly shopping online, if you are constantly leaving for all these appointments and not really even trying to make appointments outside of your normal working hours when you're employed, all of that, I, I feel if your employees are acting a fool, it might be because of you. Mm-hmm. And So those bun, are bun, my bun. five immediate <laughs> things that I would say. <clears throat> <laughs> to anybody who's struggling with managing the team, of just making sure they're following these five basic, basic principles. Very easy things to do, right? I can literally start this today.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: So I think. I think we've got enough stuff here, ladies. I really, 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 really loved having you on. Yay. Yay, Thank you for having us. Thank you. We should do this weekly. I'm just saying. I'm just saying.
2: (laughs) I'm just saying. saying If any sponsors out there that would like to sponsor the green HR Winnie with a dream, Taco Bell, make my dreams come true.
0: No matter what time it is or how bad you're feeling about your day, you can pull up to a Taco Bell right up the street and order your chicken and cheese quesadilla mm-hmm. for no. just two ninety nine. They use you. real chicken.
2: Valentine's Day is coming up, and if you are upset about your situation, go <laughs> on through the Taco Bell, and they will always make you feel like a king, like a queen, or both.
0: They should do heart-shaped quesadillas. No judgment.
2: (laughs) No, I'm telling you, no matter what size you are, what kind of day you had, Taco Bell will always be there to help you through it.
0: I don't think I've ever had Taco Bell sober, I'm going to have to say.
2: Oh, listen. Oh, girl, you're missing out. Come on. The real authentic Taco Bell experience is under a fogged haze for you. You need to walk up in there and own that menu.
0: I'm going to do it. For $5. Do it.
2: Do it. Can we make a trip to Taco Bell? Can someone at Taco Bell reach out to us? I'm just saying. What if
0: we all just went on our <laughs> on our Yelp or or whatever and just all ordered it, Grubhub, and then it would be like we're eating together. Oh, Aww. I like that. Aww. That's <laughs> sweet.
2: But I brought Aww. my lunch.
0: To- <laughs> I know. I brought my meal prep. I brought my meal prep Andrew made for me. <laughs> I was about to walk out the door. He's like, um let me get your lunch for you I was like oh gosh dang it I had
1: a date with Taco Bell oh no are you complaining that someone made your lunch for you I I'm know. so sorry
0: I know I'm okay. trying oh, to get it. Go. no personal I'll see matters you. I'll see you ladies next week <laughs> have a good one ladies appreciate okay. you bye thank bye. you that's right